Welcome to Modern Musings, Conversations with the Maiden, Mother, and Crone, where we look at ourselves and the world through the lens of the 21st century. Hi, and welcome back. I am your hostess, Cindy Murray, and I am here with my co-hosts, Amber Garvin and Kristen Hessler. Hello. And we are coming back to the subject of the Barbie movie, which uh, we've seen. And um, if you were tuned into yesterday's episode, this is a continuation of that. So um, you might want to go back and listen to that one if you're just now stepping into this. But we got to go see the Barbie movie last week. Uh, Actually, it was the week before last, I guess it was. And then um, we got so much out of it or saw so many topics of discussion in that movie we went back and saw it again we did we went back and saw it again and and i got even more things out of it i think um i probably will watch it again when it streams i think that's the only movie i've ever paid twice to see in the theater i'm pretty sure it was me too uh well i mean except for like when they did a twilight or a harry potter thing like years later and you or and star wars like if they had a go back a to see one and two. Star yeah, Wars Phantom Menace is still the movie that I have seen the most in the theater. I think oh. I saw it like, I can't say I paid for it the all of those times. I think I saw it like five or six times. I've, I've seen um, episode four, the original Star Wars, um, a, several times in the movie theater. But it was all, you know, I saw it the, originally and then I saw it again when the next movie came out. And then I saw those two again when the third movie came out. So, so <laughs> yeah. they always run them again when oh, yeah. they come out yeah. with more. And, and I did that with, uh, I think, one of the Twilight movies. And I think I did that with uh, a Harry Potter movie. But um, the, this one, I, I mean, literally a week apart. We went to see it, to, you know, on a Tuesday <laughs> and we went to the next Tuesday to go see it again. And, and I think it's because we, there were just so much to unpack there and we started recording this and we got to about an hour long mark or close to it and decided we just need to bust this up into another part, which we sometimes do. And so you're catching now the second half of this discussion. So if you missed the first half, go listen to it and come back. Yeah. Yeah. And if you, this, uh, we will. Uh, say that this does contain spoilers so if you have not seen the movie and you don't want it to be spoiled go watch the movie first then, then watch the back. first episode and then watch this or listen, listen. to the first episode. listen not watch i'm <laughs> not gonna see you later listen linda linda <laughs> and then we'll come back to uh this one so um as I said, we, we talked about a lot of topics on the last one. And one of the questions that I left you with was how do we fix the problems um, in our society where Barbie, the Barbie land is such a polar opposite to the real world. And I, um, I wanted to go back and talk to, about some of those things um, in the movie Ken tries to fix that because um, Ken is, in Barbie land, Ken is quote unquote superfluous. He is an accessory to Barbie. He is not a character. Barbary. Okay. He is an accessory to Barbie. He is not a character 
of any real significance in in the Barbie world. So it's like and Ken. It's Barbie and, and Ken. Ken. And and there's a whole subtext, um, a a B plot, if you want to to talk about that, um, about Ken's um Ken's journey. Ken's journey through all of that. And we'll we'll talk about some of that too. But um in the in the story, he Ken learns about patriarchy in the real world and he sees it and he doesn't really like the way it's presented there and he can't just jump into the patriarchy patriarchy in the real i don't know uh, you're, you're, you're having uh, some issues i am having some speaking issues he can't just jump into the patriarchy the way it is in the real world so he decides he will just take it back to barbie land because barbie land is basically the complete and polar opposite of the real world. Uh, Starting patriarchy from scratch. Right. And he's going to start patriarchy from scratch and do it the right way. In his small mind experience. Right. Right. Okay. And we'll we'll talk (laughs) about that too. So, but what I'm trying to get at is that the Barbie land is exactly the opposite of the real world. So Barbie owns everything. She has a house. We don't even know where Ken lives. Barbie doesn't even know where Ken lives. Barbie doesn't even know where Ken lives. Um, every night is girls' night. There's never a boys' night. We don't know what happens to the Kens after they leave the party. Um, the Barbies have all the jobs. Ken don't. Kens don't have a job. They just beach. They yeah. beach, or they they're yeah. on the beach. They're on the beach or whatever. Um, and so when Ken goes back to Barbie Land, he changes it into Kendom. Or Kenland. It, it's I think it's Kendom. I, I think he's called it both in there. And um, and he kind of does things the opposite, but in a in a very satirical way. So his he turns the Barbie house into Ken's Mojo Dojo Dream House. Casa House. Casa yeah, House. Mojo Casa Dojo Casa, Casa House. house. And, and it's got horses and mass, you know, he drives a Hummer. And um, but the Kens still yes. don't have a job. Um, the Kins, uh, all they're they doing is waiting no. around for the girls, the, the Barbies to do stuff for them, to do stuff for them. So that there's all, it's all about drinking brewskis and playing volleyball with the yeah, Barbies cheering them on skewed up version of the patriarchy. Yeah, it, like he didn't go back and like, he doesn't really understand the patriarchy. He really wanted Barbie to pay attention to him. And yeah, that's what that's... he did. So he turned the tables and they're. They're actually kind of in this skewed version of of where women are sometimes also where we don't really have a place or whatever, you know. Um, but when Barbie comes back and he, I, I think he rejects her. She, she offers to be his girlfriend or something. I'm not even sure exactly where this came in the movie. Maybe you guys can correct me. Um, um no, uh, he, oh, you, you don't know what I'm fixing to say. Oh, <laughs> I, I was just going to say that like, uh, she, he rejects her later. I yeah. I know he does later. later, but there, but there was a point where he turned to her and he said, how does that make you feel? Right. So he turned everything upside down. He uh, he was going to change all the rules of Barbie land. He was going to turn it more to what he thought the patriarchy should be, which is anti Barbie. And 
and, and but the whole point of it was was really to get back at Barbie for what Barbie had done to him, which was ignore him. And Barbie didn't even realize that that that's it what was she was conscious. Right. It was it. And she treated him like a doormat. Well, she did, but. Uh, you know, as I said, in Barbie land, Ken was superfluous. He was just Ken. It wasn't, bar- Barbiedom wasn't about Ken. It was about empowering girls. And so there, Ken was just an add-on. Now, I know we've talked about, um, it, we've mentioned that we played with, some of us played with Ken a little differently. but um, But it wasn't... You know, it wasn't intended that Barbie would be dependent on Ken as a man or whatever. Barbie was meant to just have him as a side piece. <laughs> yeah, you, you said it earlier, and it it made sense the way you said it. He was an accessory. He was an accessory. Just like yeah. all of the things that Like the you cars and the trucks. It's like Barbie needs a boyfriend. You know, if Barbie's going to yeah, be complete, Barbie's needs a boyfriend. an accessory for the story. Barbie that has the perfect job. The perfect boyfriend is a perfect accessory for Barbie. Right. And Did so, Ken's even have, like, when no, Ken's were in school, like, Ken's, or school, yeah. when Ken's were on the shelf, do, do they even have, like, a Dr. Ken? Or no. 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 Beach. They're all, you know, They're there all was beach. the Mal. They called him Beach, but it was Malibu. Uh, uh, it was well, Malibu. I mean, Ken. I'm not talking about like in the movie. I'm talking about just like Ken's. No, on the I show. am yeah. talking Malibu Barbie and Malibu Ken okay. were character dolls when I was a kid. Um, and so, and there were some Kens who were like um, Beach Ken or whatever, but fancy dressed Ken, camping Ken, maybe I don't know. I I don't remember Sugar what Daddy any of them Ken. Were. Uh, well, there were those, and they were rejected. Sugar's Daddy Ken and the Magic Earring Ken. Uh, when Barbie and the Rockers, there was a, a Rocker Ken. That may have been the Magic Earring Ken. I don't know. I can't remember. No telling. Um, but but really, the the whole thing was always about Barbie. And in in Ken, Ken's lived, his, his purpose in life was to be noticed by Barbie. And so he was only having a good day if he got noticed by Barbie. That's what they talk about in the movie. And so um, his way of combating that was to do something where Barbie didn't get noticed, where he did the opposite, where Barbie was the superfluous thing, where Ken was in power. And then he turns to her and says, how does that make you feel? And I think that is an analogy for what we all sometimes do uh, in society when we feel that we have been wronged, we go that polar opposite direction and try to make up for it. Um, And that is not the answer either. Turning the table to punish those who oppress you does not, is not the answer. So, um, and that's kind of where we left off, um, with that before because um but it but i thought it was really interesting because uh when ken was in control the uh there were there were there was a scene there's a couple of scenes in there where barbie's in her car and the song that comes on is the indigo girls um uh closer closer to fine i think i went to the mountain oh wait i went to the doctor i went went to to the the mountain mountain. yeah yeah (laughs) so anyway um it's all about um kind of finding 
your place or whatever. But when when Ken takes over, that song on the radio changes to Matchbox 20's Push. And I don't know if you're very familiar with those um, lyrics, but they're very um, misogynistic. Yeah. They are. Um, let me find. And again, I will. Uh, I, I apologized for this on the previous section of this. Um, we took a lot of notes and so I've got a lot of paper and it's rattling around here and stuff, but, um, but here's the, uh, just some of the words from, uh, Matchbox 20s push. And I'm a little bit angry. Well, this ain't over. No, not here. Not while I still need you around. You don't owe me. We might change. Yeah. We just might feel good. I want to push you around. Well, I will. Well, I will. I want to push you down. Well, I will. Well, I will. I want to take you for granted. And it, the whole, all of the lyrics in here is all about him taking retaliation against her for rejecting him, basically. And that's basically what Ken was doing as well. He was retaliating against Barbie. He really didn't want the patriarchy. He just wanted to retaliate against Barbie and make her feel the way he's felt all these years. And that was, thus he said, how does that make you feel? And I think in society, oftentimes we do that. When women feel objectified, we want to do the same thing to men. Or and, other women. Or to, other, well, to, or to other women sometimes. But we also want to do it to men and then say, how did that make you feel? But honestly, they, it, they feel differently about it because it is different. Um, we do it in all social circumstances. We do that with racial inequalities. We do that with sexual inequalities. We do that with, um, religious things. It, it, it covers everything. And you know, the, it's the idea that retaliating answers anything and re retaliation never helps. It just swings it in the opposite direction. And, so part of my question to everyone was, how do you fix that? Where And we, we talked about um, the idea of Eckhart Tolle about um, having ego, that letting go of the ego helps us let go of that need to retaliate, for one. And, and maybe perspective, seeing things from that other person's point of view. But... Um, one of the things that I noted that they said in here was that, uh, and I can't remember who said it. Maybe y'all can uh, chime in. Humans create things like patriarchy and Barbie to deal with how uncomfortable it is to be human. So the idea of patriarchy, maybe women allowed patriarchy to come about in the first place in some ways or we allowed it to continue to exist because it's uncomfortable to be in those positions and also Barbie is our way of expressing our own strengths and fragilities not not just strengths but also fragilities there there's this whole system has been created to answer to a problem that has 
plagued us for a long time that women are subjugated because of our physical differences because um, men perceive us as emotional because of our hormonal changes um, because we're fragile when we're pregnant and, and you know that the need to protect our progeny you know and so forth but but those things have existed in you know we've built up all these constructs to deal with things but now we don't know how to unravel it um, we've built this society where women are protected by men, but it also means that women are oppressed by men. So how do we unravel it? And I think the point is, is that you can't do it in a day. You can't just make things the opposite and make it okay. You have to find that difference in the middle somehow. I think it's just like that little piece by piece, um, you know, incorporating women into the work, right. work world. Right. And then... Um, allowing women into politics, you know, by letting us vote first, right? Well, you it's, wouldn't it's not start gonna... off with a woman who's never voted before and making her a president. Yeah, right. You have yeah, to... it's not going to happen now. Right. Like uh, maybe generations from now, it'll happen slowly. But it... The change happens right. slowly. But I think I think that's what uh, disheartens a lot of people is that they want instant change. And I don't think you can find instant change. You have change. to be the change you want to see in the world. Right. And and by slowly making those small changes, they add up to big changes. The small change in my lifetime was one of the small changes was the invention of Barbie. Because she allowed girls to daydream about being something other than a baby doll's mother. Mm-hmm. And so that was it was a small change. But look at... Among the other small changes that have been made, look at all the great change that has occurred since the 1950s. And if you look at uh, if you look at the women's liberation movement, um, the Equal Rights Amendment that failed multiple times, it, it you know the whole idea of that was that they wanted sudden, drastic change. And the patriarchy, as we're going to call it, you know, um, shot it down. And so did a lot of women because women didn't want that drastic change either. It wasn't helpful to just like swing the actual opposite direction. So the answer is to put in place little changes, little by little, little by little, and then it grows into a place where someday it will be more equal, more equitable, more balanced between both. And I think part of that, too, is realizing that, as I, I think I said before, taking it, just because you're giving one set of people power does not mean you're taking that power from someone else. And a lot of the people who fight against giving people power are the ones who are afraid that that power is being taken away from them. And I don't think there is a limitation on how much power the world can hold. Does that make sense? Like, I think everyone can be empowered without taking power away from someone else. 
maybe not all in the same ways, but power nonetheless. So, um, in the, in the end of the, you know, towards the end of the movie, the, the Barbie president tells Ken, because they, they all agree that all Barbie land, the way it was, is not the answer. Kendom was not the answer. The answer is somewhere in between and it's a slow progress towards that. And so she agrees to give the Kens as much power as in Barbie land as real women have in the real world. So as that changes, as more women have more power than the Kens actually have more power too. Um, I, I don't know. What do you, what do you think of that? Do you think that, that there is anything else we can do to help ease that transition into, you know, so that we're not trying to swing it one way or the other, you know, we don't have to beat down men or other women right. to be powerful I women. I think that just look around in your world, in your area or your neighborhood, somewhere small, close, um, you know, start off small and identify where the inequalities are. And it doesn't have to just be about women's inequalities, but other inequalities. Because when so one, um, you know, op- oppressed fights for the other, there's unity. Right. right? And... Um, you know, take a look at where you might feel like there's an inequality and find the the root, the beginnings of where you could gain a foot. So, like I said, for instance, women in presidency, you can't see a woman being a president if women don't get out and vote. Right. And be involved yeah. in politics and make their That's and make the their own choices. Is voting because a lot of women still vote what their husbands vote. Right. And. You, you have to you be informed yourself. just suddenly become a female politician. Those women started off with voting and sharing their opinion in their neighborhood. Right. In their city, in Maybe their Maybe getting a law degree, being an activist in something right. that do is important. Do the things that you can do. Right. That you do have access to and doing them well and showing other people how to do them. And th- those open up more opportunities for more things that you can do. Always. Yeah. And I think a lot of that is just lack of information. Like it's not shared enough. It's not told enough. It's not passed down from mother to daughter enough. I think I think that's true too. Like um, um, parents aren't saying, women, especially mothers, are not saying to their daughters, hey, you can make a difference. You don't have to be just some man candy or whatever. Right. You can go out and make a difference. You can vote. You can become a politician. You can do all of these great things. And it starts at home. Mothers have That's to be I mean. telling that their small kids. small community. Start off at the base community of you and your friends or you and your home. And yeah, friends need to support each other as well. Like if one friend has a dream of being the next female president and another friend, like maybe a more popular friend says, you'll never be president. You're not pretty enough. Then 
that's where it starts, then yeah. that girl starts thinking, well, I'm not pretty enough. We cannot continue to cut each other down as mm-hmm. women. Mm-hmm. We have to support each other. Um, we are not in competition with each other. And I hate that women think that they are. And that goes back to the scene in the movie with the Kens. What did the girls, what did the Barbies do to get regain power over the Kens? They turned the Kens against themselves. They yeah, made they, them jealous of themselves to the point that they had a fight. And they were yeah. so busy fighting with each other that, that they, they missed out on what was, what was really going, going on. on. And, and that's and how that's, it happens in the real world. It like, absolutely is. Women are so busy fighting each other and fighting over the petty something stuff. petty that, yeah. you that know, the patriarchy the stuff. exists. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, we miss the important We're stuff. We're so busy being catty about what color of nail polish someone said or whether they combed their hair properly or whatever that we're missing the important the important issues like voting like you know well and i will say this i am i am not uh i never was a big fan of of hillary clinton or uh michelle obama but that was one of the things that people used to tear them both down was their looks and their sense of style and things like that and it's like why are we tearing them down but they have nothing to do with it's like any woman in the public eye, the last when Dolly Parton was mentioned earlier, like a, and she's big on women's rights, and all she has her whole career has been torn down. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, because she has big breasts. The way she, she dresses, looks, the way she looks, yeah. because of the way she looks, not because of anything she did and she's or said. She's beautiful and she's voluptuous, and women have cut her down, and men make fun of her. Mm-hmm. men ogle and make fun of her so here's another thing you guys talked about mothers raising their daughters and lifting them up but it's not just about the mom's responsibility it's the father's responsibility absolutely and it's not just your daughters but also your sons teaching your son that girls also can do the same things that boys can do yes this teaching is- your son not to ogle women or treat or to objectify them exactly yes. and uh telling your husband to lift up his daughter and tell and her help. that she can be anything that she wants right. to be if he if he values her as a person not just as his princess yep yeah um and I'll, of- I'll say like i was raised in a small small town and I was told my whole life that my job was to marry a rich man. Like, a, oh, yeah. you know, like, a, or maybe not even a rich man. My job was to get married and have kids. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. nothing else mattered other than I should get married and have kids. I should lose weight so I'll find a husband to have kids. Right. I, you know, I had, I think one thing that my mother did do right was, well, sort of, was that she tried to make me independent of a man. Um, but she went about it the wrong way and, and it kind of backfired, (laughs) but my parents both, um, insisted for years and years and years 
that I take a cosmetology school because cosmetology was offered at my high school um, free of charge uh, as a vocational thing. Uh, it takes two years to do it in high school. It's lot, lots of it, lots and lots of hours, but you're doing it concurrently while you're going to high school. And their reasoning was that they had a friend whose daughter was a cosmetologist and she made really good money. That was their words for it. And, um, you know, she was pretty independent. And I think that they thought by pushing me into that career, which is, by the way, a female-based career path, mm-hmm. um, that they were helping me to, to be independent. But at the same time, I really wanted to go to school to be an audio engineer they had opened up a program at one of the local junior colleges that offered auto, an audio engineering program. And I wanted to work in the music industry, and which was dominated by men. And they never even considered that an option. And instead, tried to talk me into getting into the cosmetology. and Or, or alternatively, I wanted to go to a four-year college and get a degree. And, but they always said, well, we can't afford that. So why don't you go get your cosmetology license and then you can work your way through college. Mm. I Um, was told I should either become a teacher or a nurse, mm -hmm. which were fields primarily Primarily dominated by by women. women. That was something that women did. Yeah. But, and yes, I became a teacher, but my original college degree is in television production. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's what school. I wanted to do. Same school, yeah, yes. Same school. And uh, in fact, all three of us went to the same junior college to start with. So, yeah. <laughs> um, but in different different fields, but all all three fields were male dominated. Male dominated, dominated fields, field, yes. And um, I I do think um, like I said, I think my parents had the right idea. They just went about it the wrong way. I think if they had listened to me a little more, um, they would have realized that, and if they had supported me a little more, I could have gone into a male dominated field. It would have been hard. Um, for but sure. It would have been hard, but I could have done it. And so, but because they pushed me into a field that I really didn't want to be in, um, it was almost like a waste of my time and, I, I did work as a cosmetologist for a short time after I graduated and got my license, but I hated it. I absolutely hated it. And I felt like I wasted my time. I could have been taking um, different courses at school, uh, doing different things that might have made me a more viable candidate for a four-year university or to take a different degree or whatever. And I might have done something entirely different with my life. And Instead, I wound up married, divorced with a kid, and then I went to college and did what I really wanted to do. And at the same time, I was still very dependent on my husband, my second husband, and my first husband, uh, to support me because I never got to that point where I was independent because the independence doesn't come from what your career is. It comes from how you feel about yourself and what you can do with your life. And 
that was that part of it was never fed to me uh and i think that is important like i said not just from your mother but from your your teachers your uh your father your other surrounding adults in your life and i think we need to work harder on supporting that there's a lot of programs out there for girls especially for stems they're trying to increase the number of girls um in stem and building up um changing that that issue that happens around first grade where girls start feeling like they're not capable of stem fields and boys are more favored and um they're trying to combat those things in fact i heard about an event here in the dallas area i think it was this past weekend called black to the lab um i think they have a an event every week uh or every month and it's it's actually trying to encourage black girls to do scientific exploration and stuff and um get into stem fields but they actually did a barbie centered um thing to tie in with the movie oh cool and um and they got to learn the chemistry of lip gloss and things like you know they to show them that even in some of the girl things, there are still STEM aspects involved in that. And um, you can be interested in makeup and still tie that into a STEM career and, you know, things like that. So um, it's important to get girls interested in STEM. Not and, and you can't do that in the same way that you bring boys into STEM because boys are naturally drawn to STEM girls can be as well but because of the way we teach stem it often excludes girls or minimizes the things that girls are interested in so uh, i thought that was a really interesting take um i do want to go back to the the ken thing ken's journey in the movie um as i said he he kind of has a uh just like Barbie comes to a different realization about his life. And he wants, he wants power the way Barbie has power in Barbie land. And, um, when I first said that I was going to this movie, my husband told me that he heard this movie was all about the plot of this movie was about Ken's male fragility. If you've never heard of that term, um, fragile masculinity is a term that is used um, to describe uh, the anxiety that is experienced by men who feel that doing certain things causes them to fall short of societal norms of manhood. So, you know, anything that effeminizes men um if they have anxiety over doing that, like men wearing pink, then that, that makes their masculinity fragile. If they can't, if they feel any anxiety about that or whatever. And it's actually a very real, um, issue, um, right now. And, and a lot of, a lot of guys talk about this. So it's, um, it's a hot topic actually is what it is. And it's, and it's the notion that the idea that anything that is slightly feminine makes you less of a man. And men have been struggling this with this for a long time. And that's where in this, um, in the Barbie movie, Ken doesn't have a real job. He doesn't have a home or a purpose outside of Barbie. 
and um and then he gets out into the real world and finds that men run everything but he he questions his own he's he's not empowered or whatever and so that you know a lot of people think that that was a big underlying message in the movie and um i mean ken does come to some of that but one of the answers to that problem was that in towards the end barbie had a con a long deep conversation with ken uh about what he wanted and things like that and he talked about uh he doesn't even know who he is without barbie and and in the same way a lot of men don't know who they are without that stereotypical maleness does that make sense and so you know the idea is that men have to come to terms and women too with who we are outside of our gender roles well you don't need someone to make you happy Right, right. You don't need another person to right. make you happy. And you don't need to control another person to have power. You don't need to oppress another person in order to have power. So think, you know, the, the idea going back to the how do we change things is that we have to learn what it is that makes ourselves tick and why why we feel that need to control people or to oppress people or subjugate people or, or why we feel weak or why we feel weak. Why does that make you feel weak? And, and in looking at those things and releasing those phobias in releasing those things, because they don't serve us anymore. Um, those gender roles don't necessarily serve us very well either. And so if we can let go of those, happily not not have them ripped away by some sudden change of now you must think like this or now you must think like that but pull strip away the things that aren't serving you and you know what what makes you feel weak is not serving you so if something makes you feel weak look at why it makes you feel weak and let that let that go find another way to to deal with that i i guess is so one of the things that uh, Ken did that I really liked was when he um, realized, um, you know, that he didn't need the things in his life to be who he was. Um, right. You know, he throughout the movie, you know, he changes his clothes multiple times, but he gets very... Um, severe in his masculine clothes towards the end and uh I, I loved his outfit i thought it was pretty cool he had like this fur coat on with like a oh, man he looked like macklemore yeah well but he it was it was a sylvester stallone thing there was a whole thing about yes. sylvester stallone yeah he, he saw the, that the influences yeah. that he got from right. you know being manly so he's wearing this fur coat and that fur coat to him symbolized manliness so that's where you have to strip away the symbolism that you've placed right that pink shirt symbolizes something to you you have to remove the symbolism in your mind of what that right. is right because it's just a shirt it is just clothing to protect and your skin from color. the sun and it's just a color and it's just a color and i know a lot of guys who wear pink and purple 
and look great in it. And lots of girls who wear blue. <laughs> Although girls, it's weird because we have this thing about guys not wearing pink, or we did in the past. Right, who made that up? I like... know. But but girls have always worn blue. Mm -hmm. It's always been okay. Um, so I don't understand that. But yeah, the you have to let go of those things that quote unquote emasculate and and answer, ask yourself why does that make you feminine or masculine or masculine you know same thing with like a women wearing short haircut right you know yeah there's, there's still a lot of women who are very anti-short hair well mm -hmm. i mean it um still carries like a it carries a stigma of women that have short hair are manly or mm -hmm. it's just I have short hair Kristen has short hair right. you know it's just naturally assumed that we're lesbians because we have short hair yeah well I'm and I or don't that think I it, don't care about my personal or you don't care yeah, about you your personal appearance about your look, yeah. yeah um so there was a girl in high school and I apologize to her if I had well I probably did have part of this because that was what people did people still do um, she dressed in t-shirts and flannel shirts. This is back in the late seventies, early eighties. Um, t flannel was not a cool grunge thing. This was pre grunge. Yeah, this is pre grunge. So this is what guys wore. Um, she wore t-shirts, flannel. Uh, she had really short hair. She wore jeans and sometimes hiking boots type shoes. So she was very much not stereotypical female she was uh what we would have called very masculine and because of that people made a lot of assumptions about her and they called her a lot of derogatory names which we're not going to say because we don't want to give those names credence so um but you can imagine what those names were but she was identified as being a lesbian just because she wore masculine styled clothing instead of feminine looking clothing. Now, those assumptions are made about her. The same type of assumptions were made about men wearing who, pink shirts, wearing pink shirts purple, uh, wearing bling. Uh, yeah, sparkles. Yeah, that's what I was. Thinking. Sparkles, sparkle, yeah. anything sparkly, blingy. Oh, that's... long hair and earrings. Long hair and earrings. All these things. Wearing pink is effeminate. Wearing sparkles is feminine. Um, I I talk to women who scrapbook all the time about how they don't put bling, or pink or purple, or flowers on scrapbook pages for their boys. And I'm like, why not? Boys like flowers too. My they really do. They do. My son's favorite color was purple. My yeah. favorite color as a little girl was blue. So the idea that what, how we dress, the way we look or whatever makes us who we are, we need to let go of those concepts and they don't make us more feminine or more masculine or, or whatever. We are who we are as individuals and you know wearing short hair as a woman does not make you masculine wearing long hair as a man does not make you feminine um 
And that was where Ken was. You know, he was, he struggled with that. He brought those, all these masculine things in. But when he realized that he could be who he is without Barbie and that he didn't need these, what he thought were masculine things to make him be enough. Yeah, I think he realized that it was a lot of work. All of the things, and I've been really experiencing this with myself and like letting go of things and decluttering and like unidentifying with things, is that, um, you know, he realized, wow, in order to have this like perception that he was trying to create this facade he had all of these things that he had attached to that that he had to right to use and utilize and wear and act out constantly right, right. And he realized wow that's a lot of work to pretend something right when i could just simply be um be who i really am yeah and the that's enough. what i really liked about that was that um, I resonated with that. Like I was crying through that whole part about Ken, you know, finding himself. And it wasn't just about like accepting his level of masculinity or not or his worth as a man in a woman's world or the, his worth of a man in a men's world. But just because he realized it, it was when he was crying and Barbie was like, are you crying? Are you OK? And he was like, I'm a limber. I'm a liberated man. I know crying is not weak. Yeah, yeah. And and he he came to realize that he he can be a man and a guy and it's not dependent on who Barbie how Barbie sees him or 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 any of those things. It's all who he just is himself and and she encourages him to go find out who he is and i this is something that i tell girls women girls all the time um i i know so many women who can't be alone mm -hmm. they're unable to be without a relationship um as soon as they break up with one boyfriend they're out there looking for another boyfriend to take his place and they cannot live with being alone. They identify who they are by how they're seen by men or how they're seen with a man. Mm -hmm. And I always tell them, you cannot be who you truly are until you can do it without anybody else. Anybody else. And why don't you go find who you are and then, then, and only then will the right man find you because the right man is out there looking for the right girl. You're, you can't make yourself into the right girl. You have to be the girl that you are, the woman that you are, and then the man that is looking for that girl will find you mm -hmm. and you are not it's it's not also just about being in a relationship right some people will go from one thing to the next like they'll move into a house and they're unhappy so they move again mm -hmm. it's not the house that's where you're unhappy right. it's something within you you need to learn to work through those things that you're unhappy about 
and just stay. Like, I mean, sometimes, yes, there are circumstances where you need to leave, right? Right, Abusive right. Abusive relationships, Obviously. unhealthy places, unsafe environments. But yes. other than that, like, if you move into a house and then suddenly you're not happy and so you want to move again, there's a reason why. Right. And you are not your girlfriend. You're not your house. You're not your car. You're not your career. Right. And that, that was actually a, a, there was a quote in the movie yes. where yes. Barbie was saying that. Um, and, and like I said, you, you have to find what makes you, you, uh, because you're not defined by defined by the things that you have or the things you surround yourself with, or even by the people you surround yourself with. Um, some people get into certain groups because they want to be identified as that kind of group. Um, it really is about who you are on the inside and my mother used to say something that I always thought was interesting when, uh, that people who always want to redecorate their house, they're always moving furniture because they're not happy with the way it is. It's a sign of insecurity. And, and if you think of it in those terms, it really is. If you, you know, your furniture is set a certain way and then all of a sudden you want to move it, it's because you're not secure with where you had it. You're not satisfied with where it was. You need, you feel the need to change something in your life. And it may not even be the furniture is what needs changing. It might be something else that needs changing, like mm-hmm. your career. But that's or, just the closest thing you can reach. That's to, the thing that you're to able control, to change. To so, control. But I know a lot of people who change jobs over and over and over because they find they will find some little thing that makes them unhappy and that becomes the whole world to them and they need to quit it. Or um, they'll move from relationship to relationship to relationship. And it's not the relationship that is makes you unhappy. Like people who uh, serial merit, um, serial wet, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? Serial mar- marriers. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> matrimony or something uh, yeah like there's that. another word for it yeah. my words are not coming to me right now because i've spent them all up but um but people who get married over and over and over again to different people but they always find some flaw with the other person um and then they have to you know divorce them and marry somebody and then they go immediately and marry somebody else and it's like it, the thing you're not happy with is not that spouse the thing you're not happy with is you you need to find what it is that's making you not happy because happiness does not come from external things. Happiness comes from inside you and by changing all of your wardrobe or changing your house or changing your job over and over again, you're not going to ever solve that. So I, I agree. And I, you know, I think you're talking about decluttering and stuff. I think sometimes, um, that process of elimination kind of helps you find what it is you're not happy with because you keep throwing things out that don't serve you. Eventually you get down to what's left and you're like, Oh, well maybe that's what I don't like. So yeah, I don't know. Um, obviously there's a ton of stuff to, to keep unpacking and we didn't even touch on a lot of it. And, do any of those things resonate with you, Amber? Well, yeah. Yeah, like uh, being who you are on the inside and uh, not needing somebody else to be happy. Yes, that definitely resonates with yeah. me. 
I, I think it comes up to a, a, a phrase we commonly use um, to, to not dim your light. Don't dim to fit in, too. I think that's a, another common little thing. I think we're, the three of us have, are learning to, to be ourselves, to be who we are without. I feel like I do that often, and I still shrink back to that dimming my light to fit in like shrinking myself to make myself more digestible yeah for other people Mm -hmm. like uh a lot of people my whole life have shushed me told me to not be so loud not be so myself not be so much that I have dimmed myself in a lot of ways. And um, my friend Stacy, she asked me, I know with a lot of like this uh, wedding planning and stuff that I've been doing, you know, like uh, one thing I do realize is that I can't please everybody. Like I can't make everybody satisfied one person is going to hate it no matter what. Yes. And, uh, yeah. you know, Stacy said to me, she was like, what happened to the strong Amber that I used to know? And I said, well, she was beat down by a narcissistic ex-husband and uh, an overbearing grandma. Yeah. I'm sorry to any of my family members that are listening to this. <laughs> Amber, did you... There's one Barbie we have not talked about. Oh, gosh, yes. And I want to ask you, did you feel like you related to Weird Barbie at all? Oh, yeah. I, I, I'm the Weird Barbie in my family. Like uh, I felt like I totally... I relate to was the... Like, there, that's me. The I'm Barbie, Barbie that was drawn there. on and discarded. <laughs> like, uh, you know, I finally found you know, someone in my life that cares about, like, that is, like, a, well, y'all do, too, you know, like, you two and Jason, y'all are, and Stacy, y'all are, like, the four that, uh, love me no matter what, you know, like, uh, y'all don't ask anything, like of me that I'm not willing to give up. Y'all don't demand that I am a certain way or be a certain way, you know. And like, uh, I definitely identified a lot with Weird Barbie because I felt that way my whole life, like yeah, off and apart and weird. Right. I. One of the things that I noticed, and it, it hasn't been anything that we've talked about um, on the recording or before, like outside of it, but, um, you know, the everybody had a weird Barbie. Um, mm-hmm. Everyone on they, Barbie land whispered. That, that, yeah, yeah. And everyone kind of whispered about, oh, weird Barbie, right? Um, and she was kind of like cast aside in her own like weird She had house. a weird Barbie dream house. She had a yeah. weird, weird house. Weird house in a... You know, when stereotypical Barbie goes to see her for advice, um, you know, it's immediately known that this Barbie has seen some things and 
she also knows a lot more than the other Barbies yes. around her. So it's clear that she's been like awakened. And she's leveled up in some other yes, sense. Like yes. she's more aware she's, that there's another seen, reality. Yes. And that she knows that you can go to the other reality. And she knows what it's like to be a broken Barbie, but that you can still survive. Enlightened Barbie. And she's she's also, she, she was also very welcoming, which I really liked that about her because a lot of times in movies they make the the ugly one or the damaged one who lives in a castle far away, the evil one. Right. Or, or the sec- they're, that they're so secluded and private that they don't want the normals to come right, be part of their so world. But she and was welping and she wanted to help them. Yeah. And, yeah. and the thing that I noticed was as the movie went on, Weird Barbie got prettier and prettier. Yes. Did you notice that? She did. She, she did. Yeah, I she did didn't notice have that. Like she had stuff. less weird stuff in her hair and less drawings on her face. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And then yeah. she became like really beautiful because she was unique. Yes. And I think that's the thing that we all forget is that we're not all stereotypical Barbie or President Barbie or Mermaid Barbie or whatever. Barbie. Yeah. Some of us are weird Barbie and we have our own purpose in life. Right. And I think a lot of times it doesn't matter what our career is, but the one thing that we do the most is we welcome other people and we are kind accepting and accepting of other people. Of other people. Yeah. And we are beautiful, too. Well, and you know, you talk about um, uh, about her having seen more or whatever, and a lot of times, um, like everybody talked about, everybody has a weird Barbie, you know, because there's always this Barbie that gets drawn on or their hair messed up and cut off or whatever, mm-hmm. and and their clothes are all jacked and <laughs> and all these things, and and pretty much all of us or a lot of us had one of those dolls and they they talk about it that's a barbie that got played with too hard and and you when you're talking about her having seen things i'm thinking also in terms of little girls who have been uh sometimes exactly. those girls that have been that destroy those Barbies, it's because seen things. they have seen things. That was those exactly what I thought of is when I had, I had a, a Barbie like that and she was the one that when I did play with Barbies, she was the one who acted out yeah. those feelings that I had. Right. Right. And, and um, you know, that, that we cut their hair to make them ugly so that they are as ugly as we feel or right and she was the one that got picked on by the other barbies like mm-hmm. i made that scenario with my barbies so that you could be the so I the aggressor relate. yeah you could be the aggressor towards that port, exactly so that you weren't the one getting picked on you know for a change and and it and it is it's it's really um i love though that 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 barbie was um such an integral part of the story as well though and like you talked about she was accepting of all the weird barbies like the barbie with the camera in her back and Mm -hmm. the the um the dog that pooped yeah (laughs) and the skipper who grew older oh yes the skipper with the the growing boobs and um you know and and the two weird kins that uh, and you notice those were the people those were the barbies that never got brainwashed by Ken's stuff mm-hmm. because they were immune to it because what they had experienced, just like Barbie going into the real world, 
those experiences um, made them where they weren't susceptible to the to the, the shortcomings of yeah. man. Yeah. yeah. And so I, I did like that part of it. Like I said, this this book ha- or this book, this movie has so much in it. And um, wow, I, I really could watch it again and still get more stuff out of it, I think, because there's just so much um, affirmations and learning and um, things that we all should be doing to, to support and lift each other up and and paying attention to the things that how we react to other people you know like like barbie ignored ken but maybe if she had ignored ken a little bit less and had realized that what her actions were doing hurt ken then maybe she wouldn't have done that in the first place yeah because after she went to the real world she realized that what she did hurt ken and that he had feelings for her and she did not have feelings for him so maybe just a little more awareness and a little yeah i think that for her it was because she wasn't even aware and i think that's where she becomes aware now that you're aware you can make a change you can make a change and and that's where she she tried to help him learn to be who he is without her and so um so I guess to wrap this up, unless y'all have some other things that you want to talk about, um, I wanted to talk about the ending mm-hmm. and and how Ken got his ending by being released to go find out who he was. He was Kenneth. He was Kenneth. Yes. Yeah. And but Barbie, um, you know, somebody suggested, well, Barbie's ending is to fall in love with Ken because. That's what we all think. Oh, the happy yes, ending is to fall in love. All the happy endings are always about women falling in love, but right. that's not she fell right. in love with herself. Well, I think she was already in love. with Well, herself, I mean, she was but... in love with herself, but she accepted herself. Right. She became aware and she accepted herself. Right. So, so her. They were talking about her ending. You know, what is her ending? If it's not to fall in love with Ken, what is the ending? Barbie and and they were talking about how Barbie is really just an ideal um or an ideal either way idea ideal kind of the same um in this case she's both but um ideas don't ideas live on yeah there is no ending there is there's no ending for an idea but she needs an ending she needed an ending and do we spoiler it? I mean, we're already spoiling. So her ending was to become human. Um, and I don't even think she put those things into words at all. I think she just came to realization as she was talking to the ghost of Ruth Handler. And, and Ruth Handler's ghost kind of intuitively knew that that was the next step. For that was Barbie. the next step for yeah. Barbie was to become a real human. And uh, what do y'all think of that? Of- I think of it as for me, after I watched that movie, I turned to Amber the first time we watched it. And I said, I kind of feel a little ashamed of myself because 
I am not up to speed with women feminism and stuff like that. And she goes, well, that's what this is all about. And I feel like for me, after seeing that movie and seeing like the things that, you know, hit me emotionally that like, okay, my next level is becoming a real woman, you know, a real woman, not not this shadow of a woman that society expects of me yes yeah and what i think a woman is and there's actually a really great um video i think i saw it on youtube um what is a woman and this guy he's a uh, journalist and he went around asking men and women of all different walks of life what is a woman and it was really interesting because it was so debatable. Was, there was still yeah. no definitive yeah. answer at the end what a woman is. And it's really what you believe a woman is. And what I believe a woman is, is someone who nurtures. Right? Okay. So that's part of being a woman. There's other things about being a woman. But what is something that I can do to nurture other women? Lift them up. Right? Right. Right. Yeah. Well, that's something that we all do here. I mean, that's part of the point of this podcast is that we are trying to lift women up, up. lifting women up. And I felt like it was a call to action. But without, but without bringing men down. Exactly. Uh, And, and I want to bring this about back, um, full circle. I got to think about my thought because I was thinking something while you were talking about Gosh, that. Gosh, we're using all these literary terms, call to action, full circle, symbolism. Y'all are making me proud. <laughs> this old English teacher, y'all are making me proud. <laughs> so in, in the storyline, you're talking about what is a woman, but in the storyline towards the beginning... She talks, the, the narrator talks about the doctor and the lawyer and the president and the, all these women are Barbie mm-hmm. and Barbie is all these women. Yeah. So bringing that back around in the circle, you're talking about what is a woman? A woman is all of these things. Mm-hmm. That's, there are different Barbies to represent all the different kinds of women that there can be. There's even a mother Barbie and a young girl Barbie. And there are male Barbies because they are Ken's. Yeah. <laughs> or whatever. Or and and so Blanket there's term. There's all these different kinds of women. So there is no singular definition of what is a woman. A woman is whatever you think a woman is. And it's all in how you frame that for yourself. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's the whole point. I really do. That a woman can be any of those things. A woman can be all of those things. And, you know. Yeah. You so set go. yourself up when you do that and you say, and... I know, and I'm like, I don't know where I was going. I don't know how to finish that. Go go forth and figure out who you are. Yeah, go, yeah, go. Go forth and figure it out. Ken had to go figure out who he was to be enough. Go go figure out who you are. To be enough. To be enough. And and I think that's important. And uh, on that topic, I think we have an episode coming up. Yes, we do. 
Actually, we have two episodes coming up that kind of tie into these, and we'll probably... Don't we have a year enough episode coming yes, up? Yes, we do. <laughs> Maybe uh, we should have swapped that one out for this one. <laughs> no. No, next mm. week is personal mottos, right? Personal mottos. And Kristen's hosting that one. No. You're hosting it? Oh, she is. You're right. Kristen is hosting that. Mm-hmm. Personal mottos. And then I'm doing You Are Enough. Yeah. Yeah. The next week after that. So those go quite well into those, uh, into this topic. So we'll probably be talking more about Barbie, <laughs> more about Eckhart Tolle. We might be talking about the same things. We may just not mention Barbie. Bar- right. Barbie you know, Tolle. You never know. Barbie Tolle. <laughs> now, from now on, it's going to be Barbie Tolle. Barbie Tolle. Um, so the Barbie Hammer. We didn't even Barbie. talk about oh, that. We, didn't talk about we did Barbie. not okay, even talk, talk about, about Bar- Barbie Hammer. Yeah, really, <laughs> really quickly before we go, we got to okay, talk about yeah, Barbie we Hammer. Talk about Barbie Hammer. So apparently, there is a um, a thing. Uh, I don't know if it was a TikTok thing that started or something. I, it, but- it was just it was like um because they were feeding off of each other. Right. Well, like one it, of them came. They both came out on the same day. Oppenheimer. Yeah, and, and Barbie they were movie. promoting each other as well. And the actors even started promoting each other. Okay, because they're like polar opposite movies, right? One is a yeah. a movie about Oppenheimer's invention of the atomic bomb or discovery of the atomic bomb or whatever. Yeah. And then you have Barbie and Barbie Land, and you know external internal yeah um, existential <laughs> so it's like uh people plan to go see the movie the same day yeah, like back to back back to back and there were even people that brought different sets of clothes like pink clothes to wear to barbie and then dark clothes to wear to oppenheimer <laughs> i did oh, not wow. catch that one. well but, more uh... people need to go see oppenheimer because i looked at the domestic box office for this year and barbie is number two out of all the movies this year right it's already number two it's beat guardians of the galaxy spider-man and the little mermaid and avatar and ant-man and oppenheimer is at eight well um opening weekend though more people went to see oppenheimer than barbie really yeah Mm -hmm. Because all us working women were too busy to go see it on opening night. Well, like, uh, you know, like what? That's I'm sticking to that. Belief. Yeah, like uh, all, all of the all of the kins were at uh, Oppenheimer. Right? Oppenheimer. Um, I, you know, I I agree. I think both of those movies are are very much worth watching, and um, and I do plan to go see Oppenheimer. I just didn't have time to go watch them both in the same day. So, um, yeah, because we're working women. Yeah. Well. And and there's yeah there's only so much time. It is day. so expensive to go to the oh movie theater, gosh, y'all. Is. Yes, it is. <laughs> Especially we saw Barbie the and I do want to mention this before we go. Oh, we yeah. saw we saw Barbie for the first time in XD. Yes, and then we saw Barbie again oh, in, in just standard, standard definition. Yes. I to watch it in standard because I remember going to XD and every time I sit in the theater, I mean I'm forty now. But I think the first time I saw XD movie, I was probably like 35. And I remember sitting there. I went by myself to see a movie. And I was like, God, it's loud in here. Like, this (laughs) is really loud. But I still go because, I mean, the seat vibrates almost. It's so loud. Yeah. And I can actually hear what they're saying on the the screen. Um, I felt like in the standard, if we're going to compare, since I've seen them both back to back, the music on the standard was loud like xd 
but uh-huh. yeah. the um speaking wasn't yeah the, speaking, the dialogue was not yeah, yeah it was not as loud and so i feel like if i was gonna pay for it i feel like the xd is worth it the yeah. extra money yeah well, for and it, sure. it really that wasn't kind of that much more it was like maybe a dollar more per person yeah I think. it wasn't it wasn't much more at all and like we were in a huge theater with a million people and then it was so loud that you couldn't even hear the side conversations that mm-hmm. people were doing which was nice because before the movie started like literally everybody was talking and I'm like it's going to be so loud Kristen in even the standard, commented it was you could how hear loud everybody talking. well when we were in the X like there were so many people in there Kristen even commented like hey it's loud in here but then when the movie came on you couldn't even hear it but then you could hear all the side conversations in the standard movie which Mm -hmm. is really interesting because I don't normally pay the extra to go see XD movies so I'm always hearing the side conversation and I think it's interesting that you heard more conversations in the standard movie there were far fewer people in that in theater. That Those theater. are smaller. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, but it was still, the theater was still pretty packed though. Like, mm-hmm. well, I mean like the, every, um, not every seat was taken like it was when we went to see the XD, but a lot of the seats, especially behind us were taken. Yeah. And we sat like middle, I guess. And, and as you mentioned, there were a lot of, there were some teenage boys that were in there. Um, we were speculating whether they had been to see Oppenheimer and then just snuck in to the Barbie movie. I think they snuck they in. They were seat hopping. It seemed like they had to get up uh, and move seats. Because they were sitting else. behind us and then they moved to sit in front of us. So, yeah, I think that they. And there were people that came in after Barbie even started and they sat in the handicap section. So I think they were sneaking in too. Could be. It could be. I don't know. Hmm. Not that. Not that I would know. Or anything. But if that's a thing, uh, Oppen Barbie, Barbieheimer, <laughs> Barbenheimer, Barbenheimer, Barbieheimer, <laughs> yeah, something like that. <laughs> I thought it was really funny, but when I first saw that, when I was doing my research, I was like, "What the heck are they talking about?" Well, there is a there is it a is. whole YouTube video on like the I watched it. On the comparisons and contrasts of Barbie and Oppenheimer and why people should go and see it in the same day. Wow. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, I'll have to send that to you. Yeah, that would be interesting. Well, um, I've seen Barbie twice now and I watched it over and over in my mind. Yeah. And every time I read my notes, because I took, I was like, my English teacher would be so proud of me because at school I used to hate taking notes when we watched a movie, but I took lots of notes and I can remember exactly where these scenes happen oh, yeah. in my notes. Yeah. So um, I, I wouldn't mind going and, and watching Oppenheimer, um, Oppenheimer, sorry, um, and thinking about how it contrasts with Barbie. Yeah. Not, me too. Might be a good blog post. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to leave it at that. And um, and we're going to continue the conversation next week with personal mottos and values. And we hope you'll join us again. Bye. Bye. Bye.